sometimes we have these technical difficulties and things happen and it's just all that's it it's all part of the program can you hear me okay now ella i sure can excellent all right dear so here we are we are going to have this incredible conversation about what happens when our when you know we begin to see our ego the the importance of understanding that we have a thought system that has us believe that we're separate from one another that creates the insanity of duality the illusion that we are not one and from there stems all of the fears all of the judgments all of the jealousy the the resentments yeah. the vengeance so share in your own words um what what was what has it been like for you sitting inside of this this one year mastery program and learning about the ego? Tell me what did you learn about the ego that you didn't know before that became such a big aha <laughs> for you? I well, I learned how tricky it is. I really didn't uh, <laughs> realize that there was even a thing um, called the spiritual ego. Like I that was like a whole new concept, you know. Because when I started my spiritual path, I'm like working through these things, you know, learning about the control dramas, you know, trying to learn from them, grow from them. So I'm thinking I'm already mastering shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then I come into this class and find out, oh, there's still a lot more to learn. Um, the, the, the spiritual ego to me was just one of the most incredible things that I could have learn like I, it's just it was it's incredible and the thing is it's like not only was it really good to learn about it but i was had to be willing to apply it to look at it to learn in that space and that has been very fascinating painful at times <laughs> but overall very beautiful you know one of the main things that i got was you know learning about the control dramas i was the poor me victim you know that's how i operated so here i am in that in that space and thinking that i'm doing good because i am no longer that poor me so i'm like i'm i feel better about myself or whatever and then i come to find out through this wonderful class that i just became a victim bully yeah. and and you know so of course it didn't look the same of course i didn't recognize it the the ego got spiritualized and completely like tripped me to where I was keeping people still separated. Still, I was I became the person that I didn't want to be, unknowingly, completely unaware until like I don't know a couple months ago. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's talk you know? about that um, because it's it's really important that we understand. I did not know that there was such a thing as, as a spiritualized ego until I began to see mine. And let, let me give a, a real quick um, explanation of what the spiritual ego is. So the ego is the collection of thoughts and beliefs that we have about ourselves and others that has us think that we are separate from one another. So in essence, that is the ego because it blocks our oneness. And if it blocks our oneness, it blocks our ability to know us, to know ourselves and others as God created us. So when we operate from the ego, we are literally operating with thoughts. So in thoughts that we've learned from other people, we are not born knowing these thoughts. We pick them up from the environment. So yeah. what happens, the spiritualized ego is something, it's no different than a religious ego. You, you go to church, you, you get all, uh, you know, your mind is filled with religious information, religious beliefs, and then you go on to judge the world from that religious perspective. You right. believe your religion is right, everybody else's is wrong. 
and and as we know um through through the the centuries religion has given itself permission to go as far as as killing other people um in the name of god because they're they're not what what a one particular side may deem what god considers acceptable so the spiritualized ego is a milder form of that in that it doesn't go around killing people in the name of religion because once you become spiritual the new thought spiritual the metaphysical kind of spiritual you realize we're all one we don't kill each other but what happens is we give ourselves permission to be righteous about our spiritual awareness right up oh you're you're not saging your house you know you're you're not (laughs) yeah um, you're using you're not using cbd oil you're not you're not whatever so there are so many things that we begin to use spirituality as a bully uh stick and what happens is that when we still operate from the idea of separation we still have a sense of right and wrong a sense of better and lesser and and this is not a a right and wrong that is like a societal good to have and regulations and guidelines this is a you're right i'm wrong which makes me a victim or i'm right and you're wrong which makes me a bully because i'm gonna i'm gonna make you submit to what i believe is true by god yeah by god yes so yeah. what happens when we become spiritual teachers, when we become mm-hmm. spiritual coaches, spiritual healers, or just a spiritual person, period, we begin to really believe that we are right about what we know spiritually. And yeah. that is absolutely dangerous in any way, shape, or form when you begin to use it to to control other people, to punish other people, to judge other people, and that Mm -hmm. manipulates. So share with you, um, because I'll I'll come back and share how I saw it in me, because I want to be really clear about my example. Um, But how did you begin to see it showing up in in your experience? So this, this past year has been the biggest year that I've had, <laughs> I would say, I want to say in my life period, but I'm sure I've had other big years, but this one was like the most impactful one. Um, you know, I don't want to go into the details of what transpired, but I will say that what did transpire needed to happen in order for me to become aware, in order for me to awaken to the degree, not only that, but my willingness. Yeah. And my and I know again, I was completely unaware that I was in a spiritualized ego for however many years I was doing it for. Um, but what it was costing me, and what I can now see, what it was costing me was my relationships, like my my intimate relationships, my relationships with my children, you know, everybody. It, it was affecting me in such a way, and I didn't even get a chance to see it until this year, learning about you know, uh, going into the depths of defenselessness. That's like my favorite one. Like that has been my favorite one, you know, getting to that place where I don't feel like I need to defend anything. I don't need to fight you. I don't need to prove my, my right. You're wrong. Who cares? This is what you think and you believe. This is what I think I believe. Let's just agree to disagree and life's good. You know, it's like, it's, it's okay. It's like my favorite one, but having those types of tools and being willing to apply them has really helped me to see when I am showing up as a bully. Yeah. And then being willing to like call myself out and like hold myself accountable in those moments and then kind of pull back. 
you know, really applying this stuff makes makes the world difference. You know, um, any any person on their spiritual path, and you know, you have to apply whatever it is that you're learning. That is like, what's the point? You know, but at least here in this to this depth with with this type of um, knowledge to to be willing to look at yourself in such a way it's like it's not it, it could be seen as ugly sure it's ugly to be a bully but i'm not an ugly person and to see that ugliness is not to say that i'm ugly it's just say oh as you say so often you know forgive yourself for forgetting who you are exactly and it's it's like it's just it's it's yeah. <laughs> Let me touch on what you just said. You're not an ugly person. Neither am I. Neither is anybody. No. But we have the capacity to be very ugly when we are not present to to what is happening in our head, to what is what is energetically being activated inside of our heart, because we have to see the ego and the ego is typically seen for for the, the bulk of it. It is seen when we are in in an irritation, in a in an agitation, in a reaction. Yeah. When you're well practiced and you understand, okay, if I'm reacting, I am in in defensive mode. Is I'm needing to protect myself. Uh, automatically, you know that I'm thinking there's another that can hurt me. Yeah. When you are well practiced and you understand that that is the thing that gets in the way that makes you defensive, that makes you need to protect yourself and bully another person. Yeah. That is, it requires an incredible amount to get to that level of awareness. So none, none of us is ugly, but we have the capacity to be ugly when we operate with beliefs that are incorrect, yeah. such yeah. as the belief that there is another that can hurt us emotionally, yeah. intellectually, that that is even possible is, is one of the greatest lies that we have been taught. Nobody has the power to affect the emotions that, that are taking place inside of us. No. But we have not been trained by conscious parents or conscious teachers or conscious governments or conscious mm -hmm. societies to teach us how to work with the energies, the emotional energies that are moving inside of us when we have reactions. So let me insert here how I saw my spiritualized ego. So I started my spiritual journey, you know, 17 years ago. And I began to study about spirituality. And one of the things that begins to happen is you think you're special. You know these spiritual <laughs> things. Yeah. You know about the unseen world. You, you know, you start doing Reiki and you can manipulate our energy. Then yeah. I go and become certified as an energy healer. And I'm all of a sudden reading about extraterrestrials from a, a place of oh my gosh, there's all these other galaxies. There's been other beings who seeded this planet. I understand about the um, Arcturians and the Pleiadians yeah. and the, you know, all of these other things. Your mind begins to spin a story that I am special because I know something you don't know. Yeah. So right there, we begin to develop the spiritualized ego. And what begins to happen is we, became, we, we become pretty dominate, dominating people, especially with our children, with our spouses, with our friends. I ran a bunch of friends away because now all of a sudden I was special with all the spiritual knowledge that they didn't know. All they had was religious knowledge. I had the You're truth. Right. So <laughs> anyways, the, the ego begins to, we, we develop an identity of specialness and the course of miracles teaches that any form of specialness is always of the ego because that implies another i have to be more special, special than the other 
Yeah. So when I began to really see my spiritualized ego is when I when I was married to a gentleman named Ken, and he had a lot of spiritual knowledge in his head. As a matter of fact, we met because he came to my classes. He, he was a student first, a client first. And from that became uh, this incredible love affair. But he came because I needed him to show me my spiritualized ego. The way that I saw it is I was judging him for knowing all this spiritual stuff. You know, we are one. Why are you judging me? I'm telling you the truth. Why are you not believing me? Um, you know, you should be listening to me. I am such mm. a spiritual person. I could not possibly, his things was primarily that I was cheating on him. And I would try to defend myself. Um, and I wasn't defending myself in a gentle way. I was trying to beat it into him. I'm not cheating on you. <laughs> if you were really yeah. spiritual, you wouldn't be attacking me this way. And then yeah. one day I realized, oh my gosh, I'm attacking you. You're doing it. I'm, yeah. I'm doing to him what I was yeah saying to him not to do to me that's actually that was the year end of 2011 that i uh in december that i first began to read a course of miracles and it was january 1st 2012 that i began that year that that very powerful year of shifting energies with the course of miracles and discovering that in my defenselessness my safety lies and that's mm -hmm. when i began to realize oh why am i defending yeah. myself because there was yeah. a scared part of me that thought if I don't use my spirituality to submit him into not attacking me, then what's wrong with me? So yeah. that's how the spiritual ego was seen in me as I, I and it's the same way. We're always blaming the other person for doing to us that's what, what we're, we're doing. doing. Yeah. So now share share more about the ways that that spiritual ego living from that, that it costs you. In your relationship, oh, it's it it cost me a lot. Um, you know, we there was like a huge separation between him and I. Um, that you know, I'm grateful for that we have had because it gave me a chance to to see my spiritual ego. But looking back over you know the years that we've been together, I mean it it has literally kept us separate. You know, it's there's been a huge wedge between us and the whole time I'm like looking at him, blaming him, like, why, <laughs> where are you? Show up, you know, quit being half in, half out. Meanwhile, I'm half in, half out. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm putting the wedge in between thinking that it's him putting the wedge in between. You know, I see where he's been showing up over the years, but I couldn't see it during the time. Mm -hmm. There was no way for me to, to even grasp the concept because if I saw it that would mean that I would have to face something in myself yeah and I and I think that's when she gets really tricky and I, that spiritual ego the tricky 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 <laughs> because it's like once you think you got something it's like all of a sudden she shows up somewhere else yeah and so you really get to a certain point yeah but something that you said that is really important that we understand is that all of these years you couldn't see where no. he was showing up because what was happening with me is I was so invested in being right about my partner not being spiritual enough, yep. not doing yep. things a certain way, that I was measuring him by a, a behavior or a language that worked for me. But love speaks in so many different languages. Love shows up in so many different ways. We all we all express it differently. And 
I wanted him to speak it and express it in the way that I had decided my spiritual ego had decided was the right and appropriate spiritual way of doing it. Yeah, me too. And, That's right with that. <laughs> and it, it is absolutely amazing. But you know, let, let's talk further because it's not just with our intimate relationships. No. This was showing up with my children to the point mm -hmm. that they used to call me spiritual Susie. Oh, spiritual Susie is out again. You know, she's trying to tell us how to do this, that, or the other. And why yeah. are you doing it? Why are you telling me to not be judging and you're judging me for judging other people? You know, my kids were calling yeah. me out. Thank goodness. Like you said, how yeah. else can you see it? So there is yeah. a perfection in that the people that activate these irritations are providing a mirror that is so yeah. valuable, but it also happens with our clients. It happens yeah. with our students. I know early on in my, my teaching, as much as I was sharing wonderful truths, um, I still had my judgments about these students. I still in the back of my mind was like, oh my God, this one's never gonna wake up. This one's not getting it. You know, what, yeah. what is yeah. wrong with you? This is so simple. Don't believe that story. Um, yeah. So it, it gets in the way and it definitely affected a lot of personal friendships. Um, it affected family relationships beyond my children um, and and my then husband. How how has it shown up in other other relationships for you? Well, <laughs> you know it's funny as you're talking about the um, the clients. I can hear my I can feel my ego trying to like get activated. Don't talk about that. Don't let people know that you have those thoughts. <laughs> but it, it's true. You know, there, I do have, I've, I've had had those thoughts with uh, some past clients in the, in the sense of like, what's it going to take? Like, you just kind of want to shake them a little, like, come on, you know, um, I, but as far as like with my, my children, um, you know, my, my eldest is an anti, like, no, wants nothing to do with my spiritual stuff. Like when I started, you know, doing everything, she was younger. And so she was a little bit more into it. But then like, as the years went on, she's just like, ma, like, ma, no, like, what, what the hell? Like, no, <laughs> like she wants, she wants nothing to do with it. Um, and then uh, my, my younger, my younger kids, what I, the way that I've kind of noticing and how, how um, it's shown up over the years with, with them is, kind of how I've been parenting like it's like almost like I I'm trying to make them be um, a certain way like make them be more open spiritual like my kids are going to be special because I'm a spiritual person you know kind of thing guilty as charged <laughs> but since my my awareness to the spiritual ego and, and being able to see it and call it out I'm I'm actually starting to see there's like the shift happening where they my kids have more room to be who they are like they're I'm, I'm giving them space and i say i'm giving them space even though i have no control over that but it is what it is i'm just going to use this word <laughs> there's no i'm going to remove the gift there's space for them now there's yeah. space for them now to kind of let me know what they're where they're at and what they want and what they're interested in and in certain things where beforehand there was no room they, they had to conform to whatever i believed was the right spiritual right. way. Yeah. Yes. Let, let me insert here that the same thing happened with my daughter. When my daughter, and she's the oldest, like yours, um, she was 12 years old when I started my spiritual journey. And around 13, 14, you know, at 12, she was kind of going along with it because I was learning. So I wasn't really yeah. trying to push it on anybody. I was still learning. Yeah. But around 14, a couple years into it, I'm beginning 
to share and I'm beginning to tell them we're going to pull these cards we're going to say these affirmations we are going to <laughs> we're going to listen to this music I'm we're going to do all of the things oh my god we're going to chant we're going to drum we're going to yes you're going to wear feathers in your hair <laughs> yes. we're going to go to all the powwows all the things <laughs> and you know what what is so funny about that looking back is that to, to align with spirit is actually to discover that you're free, to yeah. discover that you are this eternal being and you have free will to do whatever it is that you want. But when we are becoming spiritual, we are not ready for that level of freedom. We have to shift our thinking from God is a God that is mean, that is out there, that is, you know, that we're separate from it to God is a God that is in here, we are all one. So the mind has to be trained with information before the heart can fully open for the transformation. Absolutely. So everybody has to go through the getting spiritualized. But then when the heart begins to open and you realize that freedom, freedom is what love is, freedom is what spirit offers, yeah. that's when I realized that my daughter at 14 was resisting you know, she had had 12, 13 years um, of me being another way, a controlling yeah. mom, the mom who told her what to do because she had to make me look good. After yeah. all, I had a religious, more of a religious ego. I had to, you know, in, in yeah. a, a cultural ego, I had the East Cobb ego where my kids had to make me look good so that I, people could see what a good mom I had. I had been, I had done parenting right. Yeah. So in many ways, she was used to me telling her what to do. And all of a sudden at 14, I'm, I'm beginning to give her some freedoms. Um, but they were freedoms that they were free only if she did them this way. This way. Yep. <laughs> and and yep. she she pushed back. And it wasn't until almost 10 years later when she was 24 years old that she began to to uh, through other people discover spiritual books, dis discover spirituality. And now she's 31 years old, a voracious reader of spiritual books. Now I'm hearing her sometimes trying to spiritualize other people. And it's just part of the process. Part of, part of the process. It's part of the process. But here's the beautiful thing is that when we begin to really transform and we move from the head to the heart, when we begin to transform, it is not about what you do and how you do it. It's about what you are being. And that yes. is where yes. I want to make sure that we talk about as spiritual teachers, spiritual healers. One of the reasons most spiritual healers, and, and this is not just my own experience, which is my experience and I watch it in others, but yes. I've read several other teachers um, that are really well-known teachers that I really respect their work. And they all say the same thing. We we get all spiritualized and become bullies with spirituality. And the, the thing about it is that as spiritual teachers and healers or coaches, we become embarrassed when we begin to see that, that we don't want to tell anybody about it. And when we're trying to despiritualize our ego by ourselves, it's really, really difficult. Yeah. Because that's one of the powers of our of our group is that yeah. we can support each other in the spiritual mastery group. We can see each other. What was it like for you 
observing that spiritualized ego and going through the concerns. Oh, what are people going to think about me? You know, I'm a healer. I'm a whatever. <laughs> you know, um, I, I don't know if it's because I, I have the uh, pleasure and the gift of being in the class, but it wasn't, I think it could have been a lot worse. And I think it could have like lasted a lot longer than it did. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, there was a point, there, there was a moment um, where I, I just wanted to hide. I wanted to shut down. I wanted to disappear because I'm like, I don't want, I, I'm having a hard time seeing this. And if I'm having a hard time, I don't want anybody to see this. I don't want people to know these ugly things about me. I don't even want to know these ugly things about me. Yeah. You know, there was like this whole thing um, where I just kind of almost like shut down. And what I see now is like, I call it the cocoon period. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're just going through the metamorphosis. You're just going to going through some, you know, some stuff. So it's not a bad thing. You know, sometimes you just need to, to shut down and disconnect for a minute to get good with you. And um, in that time period, I, I did have um, those thoughts of like, well, if I say this, how is this going to be held against me? What is this going to look like? You know, how are they going to really love me after this? Or, you know, especially the main thing was be held against me. Like, are they going to use this to hold over my head to make me feel small? Yeah. Um, and so there was there was a lot of that conversation going on. But through the the tools that I was receiving, um, it made it a little easier, I believe. I will, I, I know, I know it made it easier on some level to navigate through that because I knew from the class, um, the spiritual mastery class that love is all, like we're all connected, like nobody can hurt me. You know, what happened isn't happening. There's, you know, like I was, you know, really kind of at that time um, when those thoughts were coming, I would actually start shifting into well, what is the, a lesson? What is a, a tool that I'm getting from the class that I can apply here? And it kind of helped me pull myself out of the cocoon, yeah. if you will. And it helped me get to a point to where I can own. You know, it's like a matter of owning. Like, the, you know, a lot of people try to avoid the pain. But I, I'm very, I encourage diving into the pain because your freedom lies through the pain. You you know, you want your freedom, you want your joy, you want your happiness, you deserve it all. But you have to be willing to dive into the pain. And the pain disappears. Yeah. It doesn't stay. But let's talk about the pain so that we can help people understand what is it that we're diving into. And then also the, the cocoon piece. Let me talk yeah. about the cocoon first. The yes. cocoon is we 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 have this story that when we begin to see that we know all these spiritual truths but we're not living them. When we yep. see that we're out of alignment with that, we want to hold up. We want to. We want to go away. We want to disappear because yeah. we we know I'm teaching this. I'm sharing this with yeah. my children. I'm saying this to my partner, yeah. but I'm not living it. That incongruency becomes really painful. And if if you don't have somebody who can help you, I had a, another coach. I had a wonderful partner who who co-facilitated my workshops with me. Yeah. He understood the power of awareness. He understood everything that I taught, um, and he was present to the way that that you know we need to help people see their spiritualized ego. So he was my accountability partner and would help me see that. If I didn't have him, I may have quit teaching altogether because I was yeah. feeling like I was such a fake. How, how yeah. can I be teaching yeah. this during the day and then coming home at night and having battles with my partner? Um, yeah. 
So we do have to go through that cocoon process. But the other thing is let, let's talk about um, what is it that causes that pain? And in your words, share, what was that pain that we need to move through in order to have that freedom that you're speaking of, which is the only way to do it? Well, what I now know, what I've come to as far as what the pain is, and at the time, you know, you don't really see it fully. You don't really know. You just, you have your story. And that's the pain. The pain is your story. <laughs> the, the, the pain is all of the, the, the stuff that you have basically created within yourself over the years of how you should be, how they should be, you know, what, what you think and feel, what other people think, you know, all, all of the unnecessary stuff that we kind of collect over the years. The pain is actually removing that story. The pain is actually freeing yourself from this make-believe story of, you know, no, I'm not going to go into details, but I Growing up, I've had traumas. I had traumas growing up. There's a whole lot of story connected to those traumas, you know. But and they and they are, they they were useful. I got to use them <laughs> against for whatever they needed to be used for, you know, um, for the victim, poor me, to the victim bully, you know. Um, but diving in and actually just facing the story, knowing that. It, this thing has been controlling my life and there's no need for it to anymore. That's painful because now I have a whole new way I have to be. Well, what the hell does that look like? I don't know. So now I have to get comfortable with the just living and the being without the story. Yeah. You know, and I'm, you know, I'm going to say like in the past couple of weeks has been probably the biggest, even though like a lot's happened this year, I think, you know, the past couple of weeks is where I've really gotten into living free from my story mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i had to be willing to dive and face all of the shit that i did yeah. in that story that's the painful part yes and to be even more specific about this yeah the the pain that we feel is the dissolving of a made-up identity yeah. it is a righteousness that is the pain that we feel is we're facing that we have been uh, attempting to be right about something that actually was incorrect. So for yeah. example, you know, the trauma that you experience as a child causes you to behave a certain way. For me, my dad left our family when I was a little girl and that activated a sense of abandonment. Well, yeah. the story that I'm abandoned caused me to feel like a victim because the ego operates in victim and bully. As yeah. a victim, of, be, of abandonment, I made up a story that there's something wrong with me and people leave me because of me. So how did I become a bully? Because it's two sides of the same coin. The bully was I would try to control other people to keep them yeah. from leaving me. I would become this, this people pleaser, this passive aggressive bully, um, basically letting I'm, them know what I'm giving I'm them. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, you know what? It's everybody. <laughs> I, I've been coaching now for 13 years. It's the same story with everybody, whether I, I want to admit it I'm or not. Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm laughing because I'm like, yeah, that was me. Passive aggressive, controlling. Nope, you're not going to leave me. I'm going to leave you first. <laughs> exactly. Yep. It, and But see, that story to face it and and recognize I made up that I there's something wrong with me. Yeah. 
the ego uses the, that there's something wrong with me to perpetuate the story of separation. And there's something wrong with me. Then there's somebody who, who is has the, the necessary piece that will make me right, which yeah. creates our codependent relationships, which creates everything that is dysfunctional in the world. When you operate from the incorrect idea that who you are is not okay as you are. So the spiritual journey is, is a journey that we're moving through to recognize our wholeness, our perfection, our magnificence. As Marianne Williamson wrote in The Return to Love, our greatest fears that were powerful beyond measure. It yeah. is our light, not our darkness that frightens us. So we have been taught to live, again, because other people didn't know this. So this is where we forgive them for they knew not what they were doing. Our parents, our teachers, our government, our society, they, yeah. they taught us from their, their wounded uh, uh, childhood ego. And what we're doing is waking up to that there is a part of us that's never been touched. So we're developing a relationship with the spirit in yeah. us that's never been touched. And when we face the story that there's something wrong with me, which we've been avoiding our whole lives. Oh, the whole time. <laughs> that is what, yeah. where the pain comes in, is in yeah. facing all of the yeah. shenanigans that we have put ourselves and others through by pretending we're not as God created us, as Source Spirit, Buddha, Allah, Bambi, whatever you yeah. want to call it. When we don't accept our wholeness, we operate like we have a whole, and that is what the ego is seeking to fill through yeah. controlling, through special you know, chance or through special ways of being yeah. spiritual to fill yeah. that sense of emptiness that we have to sit and, and realize it's all made up in our head. It is. It's crazy. It's, it's, I mean, to just to, it, it, it still blows my mind to the depths of how much it runs your life, you know, and it's, it, you know, I want to, I definitely want to express that wherever somebody is on their path is right and perfect. And everybody has to go through their own version of this, you know, so rather you're just awakening or you've been spiritual for however long, either way, it's perfect. Dive in and face, you know, face you because it, there's, uh, I'm going to tell you, these past few weeks have been incredible and they would not have happened had i not faced my pain and i would even say few weeks but that's only because i really i really got to the degree of applying the tools this past few weeks but it's really been a few months you know of, of really seeing and getting and, and and diving and the what i'm seeing from freeing myself from my story is my relationships are beautiful they're pure they're joyful they're just whatever they are <laughs> like there's no like there's no i don't know the word that i'm looking for but like you know in the past i'd be trying to find ways to to control or manipulate unknowingly but that's what i would be doing you know to make myself feel better but now because i'm no longer attached to the story that i have created based off of certain experiences that i had to have in order to have the knowledge that i have exactly you know, um i don't know just there's there's such there's such a beauty in freeing yourself from your story
Well, that, yeah, and that beauty, sorry to interrupt you, that beauty no, that's fine. is the recognition of our wholeness. It is. And when we can acknowledge that in somebody else and we can see their wholeness and their perfection, when we can see that there's nothing missing in them, that's when we are beginning to realize that that whole that we thought we had is imaginary. That whole H-O-L-E is imaginary. It is. We begin to discover a wholeness, a holiness that is the truth of who we actually are. So that is beautiful. So, you know, you, you and I, are not everybody who goes on a spiritual journey becomes a teacher or a healer that not everybody does that but those of us who do move down that path i, I want to make it really clear like you were saying we are wherever we are on the journey and even the most seasoned of spiritual teachers and i can see it in others because i know it in myself yeah very famous spiritual teachers operate from a spiritualized ego and until that is seen and then the humbleness kicks in and now there are some teachers who operate from that very humble place um when i watch Eckhart Tolle, he is somebody yeah. who embodies that humbleness wayne dyer in his later years became yeah. more and more humble he even spoke about his his transformation in the beginning it was that 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 ego you know trying to become a bestseller by uh selling books that would help people know how wonderful they were um, and little by little, that transformation, he too was a student of A Course in Miracles, little by little softening, coming to know who they are. And as we begin to know who we are, there's less of a need to control outside. So wherever you are on the journey, you're going to get, as Ella said, the right and perfect lessons. Course in Miracles tells us everything is a lesson God would have us learn. If it's not a lesson to learn, it's a mirror of what you already know. You're already operating from love. It is not a call for you to remember that you are love, that you are whole, that you are light. Um, speak a little bit to now with this awareness, how are you shifting how you, you practice? Now for me, the shift with with my clients was the same shift with my children, the same shift with everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's the same <laughs> shift. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's, you know, I, I would say like there was points in, in uh, class that you would say something along the lines of like, if you're doing it one, one place, you're doing it in all places. And I'm like, what? Ah. No, it's so, true. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, how we do anything is how we do everything. Yeah, that's that's what it is. That's what you see. Yeah. So it's it's you know, there's there's a lot of truth in it. So it, it's interesting because it's kind of just shifting on its own. Like I, there's no effort, there's no attempt, there's no like making this I have no, it's just it's just happening. It just is like it's like a natural thing. It's like once my story dissolved, once I dissolved my story, <laughs> once I I freed myself from my own chains. It just, that was it. That was all it took for me. You know, now it's just like, I'm, I see my clients. I don't have back. I don't have any back noise happening. You know, I, I'm just present. I'm just present in whatever moments, you know, I'm actually present. Like, you know, again, spiritualized ego. I thought I was present in moments, but I'm actually, I actually wasn't because I was still, monkey chatter i was i had my ego you know doing whatever the hell i was saying and doing back there but since i dissolved my story i'm actually truly present 
Yeah. Like I can actually just be. Yeah. And 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 I feel like my my clients and my children and everyone, I feel like they even feel the difference. Like I can sense they're more relaxed. Yes. Yes. You know, because I they're they're not you know, it's funny, you know, for so many years, I told him I was always walking on eggshells. Meanwhile, I was the one throwing them down. You know, it's like. <laughs> that, that's such a perfect example because you know? people feel safer in the presence of somebody who is grounded in truth. Because when we are operating from from knowing that we are spirit and the here's the trick. So is everybody else. Everybody when we begin to acknowledge that in ourselves and others, that's when those characteristics that we're learning in spiritual mastery kick in, the characteristics from A Course in Miracles that, that speak to somebody who operates, who is actually awake. So many of us think that we're awake, but we're really not. As long as you're operating from an ego, from a sense of separation, from a sense of needing validation, from a place of condemnation of yourself or others, as long as those things are active, you're not awake. You may have some awareness, but something is running you. To be awake, you're the observer of that thing that's trying to run you and you're not engaging with it. Right. To be aware, you're in and out. You, you can see it, but you get trapped in it. You get, you get still get hooked in totally, yeah. completely to be yeah. present and to be in the moment. You, you there's no well, there there can be chatter, but let me address that in in a, in a very specific way. When yeah. you're becoming more present and you're you're grounding yourself, aligning yourself. That's what I call this align with Lina. I want to give people examples of. Uh, how ordinary people like you, like me, have learned to align with that presence of awareness that is the truth of who we are. Yeah. That is the the Buddha nature, the Christ consciousness. It doesn't matter what we call it. It is the essence within that is the loving, whole, holy, totally and completely eternal part of ourselves. We have that aspect inside of us. Call it your soul. Call it your spirit. And then we have the ego, which are the thoughts and beliefs that tell us we're not that wholeness. Mm -hmm. And that story gets created, you know, so much of it in childhood. Yeah. So when you become present, you literally align with this steady part of you that is unshakable, that is grounded. Now, those thoughts that are egoic, you can observe them. Yep. When, when you're fully present, you don't even engage with the thought that is judging somebody or judging yourself or go or activating fear. When you're fully present, what happens is that you are a vessel. This is why, you know, Francis of Assisi said, God, make me an instrument of your peace. You become an instrument, not my will, but thine be, be done. And what does God will for all of us to love one another? So in that space of total and complete alignment with the truth of who we are, there is no chatter because no. There, there is a flow of love that is moving because you're not thinking, well, I'm not getting any love from this one. Look at what this one did. Look at what that one yep. did. I'm better, I'm lesser. The only mm -hmm. way to stop that chatter is to start the flow of love, unconditional yep. love. Unconditional. That's, that's, Yes, unconditional. And it's not just for select, it's for all. And I'm I'm that's the part that I'm stepping into now is is the the learning and the discovering that and what that actually means and what that actually looks like. 
Um, so I'm really excited to see that kind of birth. <laughs> <laughs> you will. And, and it's a very simple concept, but it's not an easy thing to do. So tell me what excites you about stepping into that awareness that we're all, we're really are all one. Honestly, there, well, I, there are some individuals in my life that I've struggled with and I'm really excited about having that be mended, yeah. you know, and it's like, it's, it's, and I know that I'm, I'm the cause of the, you know, like I know it's me. I, you know, I for years kept pointing it over, over there because you know, as long as we're pointing that way, we don't have to look this way, right? <laughs> so, so um, I'm really excited about the owning my part, like actually really walking what I've been learning. You know, to to own, to stand, to be, to show. I'm I'm looking forward to to that because then. Within that, I know that there's going to be more laughter, more more love, more joy, more more fun, and that's what I want to do, you yeah. know. And I can't do that if I'm selective on and what it, you know. And if I'm being selective, then I'm obviously still holding on to some story, and what what good is that? So I'm really excited about that part. Yes, and and something that you said that that needs to be highlighted that people don't understand this. So the big the whole mm -hmm. spiritual journey has steps that we have to go through um and and i outline those steps so if anybody is listening to this and you want to um go to my website lineorlando.com um and download the free soul's journey it's it's a free um e-course that will take you through the six phases that we move through from conception to enlightenment and it'll explain how we build the ego and it explains how we undo the ego because everybody goes through the exact same process Jesus told us this 2000 years ago. Buddha told us this 2500 years ago. We've had other teachers who've been attempting mm -hmm. to tell us the same thing. The mind gets conditioned. You cannot uh, get to the heart and open up the heart and see that you are the one that can love anybody. If the mind is believing that they can do something to you, that you are better or lesser than they are. That's why Buddha came in 500 years before Jesus. We had 500 years to learn to work with our mind, to become mindful. Um, and, and of course, we, we didn't really do it. Jesus was very familiar with those Eastern teachings. It's, it's what allowed him to, to be very clear about the fact that he is the essence of love because he had understood meditation. He had understood that he needed to get below his egoic mind even though he came in um, very, very conscious in many, many ways, the conditioning of the ego still happened. And yeah. there are several books that, that outline this stuff, channeled information where he gives it directly. He, it's even shared in, in A Course in Miracles and other books that are companions to The Course in Miracles, like The Way of Mastery or A Course yeah. of Love. And another book called Urantia that really shows his entire life. And he had egoic thoughts. He was just grounded enough in truth that he wasn't swayed by those egoic thoughts. But that's because Buddha taught us, first, you clear the mind. Second, the heart opens because it's the mind that closes the heart. So yeah. as, as you're talking about realizing that if you want connection with other people, you've got to be the one that connects with them and how does that happen through the acceptance yeah. that they're just like us just like That's me just, my former husband was the presence of god expressed yeah um, 
And until we we commit to seeing spirit in them, we're really not coming from spirit in us. If we see their faults, our ego is active. Yeah, <laughs> we might as well just put the mirror up because you got faults happening. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, this has been a fabulous conversation. Um, how can people find you? Because before you, you share that, I want to give you a plug. So I, I um, have a really very, very healthy spiritual practice. Um, my truth practice. I check in on myself. I know how to find my blind spots, but that's because I've had many, 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 many years of having lots of help helping me find my blind spots. Um, so it's very rare that I need to get help from somebody nowadays, but when I feel like I need that assistance, I reach out. And recently, um, just like super recently, within the last couple of weeks, I reached out to Ella uh, because she is a gifted healer. And I needed to be in the presence of somebody who, because I know of the work that she's doing on herself, could be present to facilitate. Sometimes it helps having somebody who is totally and completely in alignment with you finding your truth for that truth to actually get activated. And I was able to see something really beautiful and profound from a past life that gave me information that was crucial that I understand that pattern of thinking that was still active in a in a current relationship that that a, a relatively new relationship. So Ella is a very gifted healer. And so I absolutely and, and you're going to become even more gifted as you become even more um, grounded in your truth, more transparent and more in alignment with uh, with being only the presence of love. But even while we have a spiritualized ego, we can still do really good work because God uses all of us, whether we uh, try to block it or not. So for being an amazing energy healer. Now tell us what exactly do you do and how can people find you? Um, so I do um, spiritual counseling and coaching. I also do um, energy work. You know, whatever's needed in your session is what we do. Whatever's needed. Rather, it's channeling source, coaching. It doesn't matter. It's whatever's needed. Um, but you can go to my, my website, ellasdivineguidance.com. Uh, you can like my Facebook page and messenger me through there. You know, there's there's ways you can find me. <laughs> I'm pretty much in a lot of places. Yeah. So. so let me, for those who are going to be listening to this on the podcast, Ella's Divine Guidance is spelled E-L-L-A-S, Ella's Divine, D-I-V-I-N-E, Guidance, G-U-I-D-A-N-C-E.com. Um, so definitely connect with her and, and take advantage of, of her gifts and her talents. And she, like me, taps into something that assists our clients. I do it the way that I do it. She does it the way that she does it. And they're both beautiful. Oh, yes. But they're all <laughs> necessary. They're all necessary. Exactly. So thank you exactly. so much for being so vulnerable and willing to, yeah. as a healer like myself, say, yeah, we developed spiritualized egos and we thought we were, you know, better than anybody else yeah, because we know all this spiritual okay. stuff. Um, but something I want to say to uh, healers and teachers and, and coaches that you are facilitating spiritual transformation, if you're listening to this, and this resonates with you, and I know it will, um, when we're honest, it will, and you realize that you're operating with a mask, a spiritual mask, and underneath you still have fears, you still have concerns that what will people think, do yourself a favor, reach out to somebody reach out to Ella, reach out to me. There are so many teachers out there. 
do not let that egoic mind, spiritualized egoic mind, scare you into believing that you're a fraud because you're not. We all have to go through this. We no, all yeah, have yeah. to see this because this is how we develop compassion for everybody else is when we can see that we use beautiful truths to create chaos, to activate pain. That's when we know that everybody that has ever done anything that was hurtful or painful or mean, they were doing so because they did not know any better. This is where Course in Miracles teaches us we must forgive ourselves. We did not know what we were doing when we were taught that there's something wrong with us, that, that we're unworthy, that we're not good enough, and we develop an ego to try and make us think that we are uh, yeah. better than. We build these masks, these elaborate stories that send us into um, you know, condemnation and judgments and, and manipulation, and they cost us relationships. Um, now, those are lessons that we choose to learn them. If not, they repeat, and they, they do come back. <laughs> right, um, that's true. But thank you, Ella, for being so You're welcome. open. I, um, there is something I do want to share. Um, starting in February, starting in February, I will be holding um, a spiritual counseling group for women. So I will have up on Facebook, you know, in the next couple of weeks or so, the wins and the wares, because they could be held in two different locations, one in Canton, one in Roswell. But I'm really, I'm doing it now, and we're just having so much fun just diving in and just bringing rawness and whatever's happening in the in the life, and we're just, it's just a lot of fun. That's of beautiful, stuff. and that is in February of 2020. That's Yep. And what a, what a wonderful year to align with the energies of the shift that is coming. 2020 is like getting 2020 vision is like aligning yeah. with, with spiritual vision so we can see more clearly that we all have a holy um, whole aspect to ourselves. And we need to align with that. And the way that we align with that is by seeing the ego and saying no to that yeah. operating from duality, operate, operating from less than or there's a there's something wrong with us. So thank yeah. you, Ella, oh, for being you. here and sharing this how you awesome. have come to align with more of the truth of who you are. So thank you, sweetie. Thank you. This was fun. Absolutely. Take care. And everybody, just like I said, go to my website, lineorlando.com, and download that free um, e-course called The Soul's Journey. I want you to have that and, and gain some simple tools to really understand what's going on in your head that blocks your heart, as Ella discovered in, in this year's spiritual mastery class. All right. All right. Thanks a bunch. All I right. love you bunches. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye.